All right. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Exodus tonight. We are going to be in Exodus chapter 17. And just one verse. Exodus 17, 15. I looked up some names of some cities in Texas this week. Not the name as in Austin or Texas, Austin or Houston or Dallas or anything like that, but but other names for cities. It's really interesting. You ought to look it up. I'd like to share all of them with you I came across. but And it's amazing. Some, some cities have several other names for the cities. Uh, for example, I wrote down a few. Anuak, that's the alligator capital of Texas, is what that city is also known as. And then Brenham might not be a big surprise to you. Brenham is called the Ice Cream City. Corpus Christi is called the Sparkling City by the Sea. Corsicana has another name, the Fruitcake Capital of the World. Did anybody know that? You did? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Deer Park, the birthplace of Texas, is another name for that city. Eagle Lake, the goose hunting capital of the world. Um, Mount Pleasant, bass capital of Texas. Quitman is the big bass capital of Texas. Wichita Falls sounds real interesting. I don't know the story, but they have another name. The city that faith built. Read them all. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty neat stuff. I got kind of caught up in it. And, uh, but anyway, I, I, I mentioned that to mention the fact that God has many names and it, given in the Word of God are many names for God. Well, I've started talking to the teenagers about this when we're upstairs on Wednesday nights. We've started talking about the different names of God. I don't know how long it will go on. It could go on a long time. He has many names in the Bible. We started with Abba Father, which means dear father or daddy father, a very intimate term that you and I as the children of God call God. The world just knows him as the God of the universe or or just God and they, the unsaved really don't know what they're saying when they say that. But we know Him as Father and Abba Father. Jesus cried out Abba Father in the Garden of Gethsemane when He sweat as it were great drops of blood. In a, in a, in a great time of despair, this name is called out to our Father in a, in a time of need. The book of Romans says that the, the Spirit cries Abba Father for us. Those of us who have received the adoption, really wonderful, intimate, name of God, uh, very personal as our Father. And then we shared Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Abraham was told by God, tested by God to take his son up on Mount Moriah and offer him as a sacrifice. And he really needed to trust in the promise of God. He needed to trust him by faith. 
You know, this Isaac, this is who God promised to make him a father of many nations through. So he believed God's promise that he would live. But he was faithful to be obedient to God, to follow his instructions, to offer his son right there on the altar. On the way up, his boy said, Dad, we got the wood and the fire, but what about the sacrifice? He said, God will provide. God will provide a sacrifice. And the angel of the Lord stopped Abraham from offering his son, and there was a ram over in the thicket. It might have been at the last minute. But but our Lord provides, you know, we, we wonder, we sometimes maybe get a little anxiety, but but God wants to see our faith and then he might provide and it might be in the very last minute. He wants us to trust him. He doesn't want us to take shortcuts. He doesn't want to go us. He doesn't want us to go in a way that's away from him and away from his will, but to trust him to provide. Well, and tonight we're going to talk about Jehovah Nissi. We see in Exodus chapter 17 and verse 15, this name for God. And the verse says, and Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nissi. The Lord is my banner. This is what this name of God means. And it's only given this one time in the entire word of God. The Lord is my banner. Now, a banner or a flag might be raised. I almost brought that Christian flag down from the classroom. But, you know, it might be raised and and, and it might be waved uh, after a battle, after someone wins a battle in sporting events or in the Olympics. You might see flags and it's and it's raised after a victory. And and so here we have Moses calling the Lord His banner, the Lord is our banner. And this was after Israel's victory over the Amalekites. It was, it was a battle that took place. And, and after that battle, Moses built an altar in remembrance of the victory that God gave. And he named that, that altar for that occasion, Jehovah Nissi. The Lord is my banner. Because the Lord will fight our battles for us. Just as David said, the battle is the Lord's when he defeated Goliath. We need to trust the Lord by faith in all of our battles and the things that we go through in life. And we can relate to this fight and this battle that took place between Israel and the Amalekites in a couple of ways. In one way... uh, Our own flesh. We have a battle against our own flesh daily. That's talking about us. That's talking about the old remainders of of the old us that still reside and try to rise up and lead our life. We're fighting that battle all the time. And, And in this battle between Israel and the Amalekites, well, this was... This was the result of Amalek, and Amalek was the grandson of Esau, and he was part of the children of Israel. He had partaken with the children of Israel, and all of a sudden he turned his back, and he turned against them. And our own flesh fights against us daily. We're all definitely in battles. You know, those Amalekites, God said that 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 Israel was going to fight them a lot, that they were going to fight all the time. The Amalekites were relentless. And in the same way, we can relate to that because Satan is relentless. 
He cannot do anything with the security and the sealing of your salvation. You are a child of God, but He is going to try to do everything He can to mess you and I up until God takes us home to heaven. He was doing the same thing in Job's day when he said, consider Job. And he's doing the same thing now, and he is relentless. And you and I are in a battle. We have conflicts that are constantly going on. And there's a lot that you and I can learn, though, from this scene with the children of Israel and Moses. And the first thing that we can uh, consider is that we are to wave the banner in conflict. And what I mean by wave this banner, I'm talking about our trust in the Lord, our trust in the Lord before our conflict, during our conflict and after the conflict. We, we need to wave the banner in conflict. These Amalekites, they were a very dominant tribe and they had a big stronghold on the area between Palestine and Egypt. And they were very jealous of the Lord's blessings upon Israel. And they went in to invade them and the people of God found themselves in a battle because the Amalekites had pursued them. And you and I can stop and just consider our battles in life. Some of our battles are the same. Some of our battles are very different. But as we think about those things, we might consider the many conflicts that are around us, the the enemies of God's truth that might be the very enemy that is placed in our life that we have to face daily. Uh, some of you mentioned it at work. You, you have to face that daily with co-workers and they're enemies of the gospel. Therefore, they become your enemies when they know you're a Christian and you actually stand for the Lord. So Praise the Lord when you're in a battle because that means you're, you're living for the Lord and, and uh, other people can see that. There's always shock that takes place during a battle. And we have our different shocks in life. We have our different struggles that we go through in life. So where, the, where Israel and the Amalekites were in this one kind of battle, you and I are in a battle also, even though it might be a different kind, it's a very conflicting world that we live in today. And Satan uses this world to bring about conflicts upon us. And Satan uses fallen nature for his purposes. He wants to arouse our flesh and get us beating ourselves up and not being used for God's glory. We are in a battle and we're always going to be in these battles. And sometimes we're going to lose some battles in this life. I believe we're meant to lose some battles in this life. Some of the best some of the best lessons that you and I will learn will be after a battle that we lose and the experience that we gain from it. Sometimes that's what God has in mind for us. But I'm afraid that that Christians, for the most part, are losing more battles than they should. There's some battles that Christians ought to be winning and they are not winning. You know, we're on the Lord's side. We're on his side. There, there's a lot of battles we should win. Like, kind of like the old gospel song says, we're on the winning side. But I'm afraid we just don't operate in the way that we should. I don't even know if we deliberately think about it and realize it sometimes. It's just out of habit in the flesh sometimes that we 
that we do not operate according to the power and the ability we should. Kind of reminds me of this old movie back from the mid-1980s called The Apostle. Robert Duvall was in it. And he's up in the pulpit and he's he's speaking. And and there's a woman in the congregation. And this man walks in and he's uh, this wayward man and grabs his wife in a rough way and, and tries to take her out the door. And he calmly approaches her and him and, and tries to resolve the situation. This wayward fella just invites him outside to take care of business outside. And so he takes off his coat, rolls up his sleeves and heads out there. And that wayward fella says, you're going to need the Lord. You better bring the Lord with you. And he said, I don't need the Lord for you, buddy. And, uh, you know, in, in our actions and in our everyday ways of life, I'm afraid that we operate that way too many times because it's comfortable. The the flesh, what's normal, what used to be normal, shouldn't be normal anymore. But we kind of hold to that sometimes instead of operating by faith. We must operate in faith during our conflicts instead of our own ability, though. In every conflict that comes our way, you can just know that the Lord is calling you. He's using this conflict that you're facing as a call to you saying, trust me, trust me in this problem that you're going through. I can win. I know how to win this and I know how this is to take place. So trust me, you know, you and I are no match for the trials that come our way designed by God. He wants us to see that we're overmatched for the problems that we face because he wants us to lean upon him. He wants us to trust him. The, the, the troubled waters that come over our head are under his feet. And he wants you and I to see that. And he wants you and I to operate in such a way that we trust in his ability, that we trust in his timing, that we wait on him, that we trust in his power. The Lord is the victor over every thing that we face and you and I have the privilege of waving a banner in conflict because our Lord is a victorious Lord the unsaved cannot wave this banner in conflict it's something that is a precious valuable ability that you and I have as children of God to always be able to wave the banner and the way we wave it is by trusting God's promises, to trust His promises, and to trust and know that His presence is with us all the time. He wants us, He wants to be the very first thought, the very first thing on our mind in the conflicts that we go through. They become smaller when we look to how big God is. Moses had a job during this war. And and this job was to hold the rod in the air. As long as Moses held this rod up in the air, he was expressing faith in his God. That rod was to be held up during the entire battle that took place. And can't you imagine it going on for a while and Moses' right arm might get a little tired. And then he moves it to the left and he moves it back and forth. And then both arms kind of become weary, but he's holding it up the best he can because because that is an expression of his faith in the Lord. He's following the Lord's instructions as to what he was to do. Whenever the rod started descending, doing to him getting weary, the power working 
for God's people Israel during the battle, it started to fade as well. And then you have Aaron and Hur. And Aaron and Hur ran to Moses and they took him a rock to set on. And one grabbed one arm and one grabbed the other. And they are joining in the like faith of Moses, expressing their faith in that the battle is the Lord's and he's the one that gives victory and he's the one they're going to trust. So they continue to hold his arms up throughout that battle, expressing their faith in the Lord. He's to be the first thing that we think about in our times of battles and our times of trouble. We're to lean upon Him. We're to depend upon Him. Trust in Him by faith to give the victory. In every place and among everyone that we come across, whether it is seen or unseen, you and I are constantly facing a battle in life. We don't even know it sometimes, but you can be sure that it's always going on. And we need to wave this banner in conflict. God's people are victorious people. Romans says that we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. And I believe we're losing more battles than we should be losing because God has a lot of victories to give His people. We need to wave that banner in conflict. Trust in the putting the Lord out there. Trust in the Lord. I, I knew a man that uh, he was approached by a woman and and the woman seemed really flirtatious with him and uh, kind of showed her her liking of him. But this was a married man and he was a Christian man and this flirting kept going on. So you know what he did? He told her about Jesus. He told her about Jesus and that just really quenched the desire that she had for him. You know what I'm saying? We need to wave that banner of the Lord in our conflicts. We need to wave this banner for credit. Well, what in the world do I mean by that? Wave the banner for credit. Well, in this battle that was going on, Moses would have been the ideal one to lead. He was experienced in battle. He was the one who had always led. But in this battle, Joshua was the one. Young Joshua was the one that was called to step up to lead in this battle. Moses' job was to hold that rod up, trusting in the Lord. And young Joshua was to lead. You know what you and I will find out in our daily things, in our conflicts, in the things that we may be battling right now? you will find that things might become arranged or changed in such a way that might be a detriment to you. That might be a weakening of your case in the battle that you're in. God does that sometimes. Why in the world would He do that? Why would He put young Joshua out there in this big battle when He had Moses? Well, after the battle was over and the victory was won, maybe... If Moses was out there, maybe Moses might have claimed some credit for himself. Maybe the people would have looked to Moses and said, Great job, Moses. You, you did well. You led us to battle. You know, you can imagine young Joshua himself. He, he was in there. He might be tempted to take a little credit for what happened, being a novice as he was and, and put in such a situation. Why is that? The situation might present itself to you and I as us getting in a very weak situation. Any any power or any ability we've seen in it might be dwindled 
And the reason why is because God wants the credit. The Lord is the one who wins our battles. And it is very important to him. We find it all through his word that he wants the glory. He wants the credit to clearly be given to him. It is so God will do things in such a way to weaken us, to give us a strong victory so that we might see the only way this victory has been won is in the Lord. There is no way this victory would be won except the Lord give it. I used to run around with a with a Christian when I first got saved named Bo and Bo said, man, you know, it's kind of. I, I know that I do things and my life has changed and the things I do, it's it's because of the Lord only and it's it's not of myself. But it just kind of when somebody tells you something about how you've been touched, how how you've touched their life, it kind of makes you feel good. It kind of makes you want to hold on to that. And he was told the only problem is that's not yours to hold on to. All of that credit belongs to God. There's no place where you and I are told to take credit for ourselves. The Lord has reasoning behind all he does in our conflicts and things get hard on us because when he gives the victory, we can only go to him. Christians must make sure that God is given God's place, which is the highest, and that man is given man's place, which is the lowest. He wants us to he wants to do great things through us and he wants us to know and mature into understanding that he is the one doing the great things through us. We need to wave the banner of credit, glory given to God. Churches need to wave the banner of the Lord. Need to, the Lord is my banner. That's the, that's the banner that churches need to be waving. I'm afraid that many churches are waving many different kind of banners today though. The church at Laodicea that we learn about in Revelation. I'm afraid they were waving the banner of self-sufficiency. They didn't need anything from anybody. They had everything under control. They didn't need any help from these brothers and sisters or this church at all. And, and God told them in Revelation through John that they're blind. That, that, that they're just blind and can't see their desperate need when they think they don't need anything at all. I'm afraid they wave the banner of self-sufficiency. But the banner that every church is to wave is the Lord. The Lord is to be the center of His church. All the attention is to go to the Lord in His church. When you and I meet together, it is to exalt our Lord God and no one else. Because if the Lord weren't here, and if, and if our, and if we didn't have any blessings because the Lord wasn't here, we would be nothing else but a glorified country club. Without the Lord, we would be nothing else and have nothing else on our mind than coming here and seeing what guy likes what girl and what girl likes what guy. If the Lord weren't in this, we wouldn't have any reason to even meet. So when we meet together, it is to worship Him. It is for, it is for us to exhaust ourselves in focusing central upon Him 
and serving Him and giving Him all of our attention. The banner that is to be waved is the Lord. You understand? The Lord is the banner. And and God is to be praised and He is to be credited for all that is good and in all that is great among us. Sometimes He will use certain people in a, in a special way in the church sometimes. But it's all to be gone to the Lord as far as the glory given. The banner the church needs to wave is Jesus. God told Moses, after this victory, you write this down. This is the first time in the Bible that it was recorded where God, where we see that God said to Moses, write this down. And after that victory, he said, write this down as a remembrance. And I want you to go and tell Joshua what has been done here. I want him to clearly understand what has happened here. I have given the victory and the Lord wants the credit. We need to wave the banner of Christ credit to him. And then after Moses wrote it down, and then after he told Joshua, then Moses built that altar for the glory of our victorious Lord Jesus Christ. Wave the banner of credit to the Lord, not only in our conflicts and not only for his credit, but wave the banner in complete confidence. We, you and I are on a victory march to heaven. Whatever, whatever is in store for you tomorrow, whatever is in store for you next week, whatever is in store for you next month, whatever you're going through right now, you are on a victory march to heaven. You go through it in order to get to heaven. You are closer and closer to it every day. We need to wave this banner in complete confidence. You know, just as there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved, but the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, there is is no other that can win our battles. There is no other for you and I to depend to depend upon but the Lord Jesus Christ. There are a lot of things that are expressed in this in this altar that is built to the Lord that is called the Lord is my banner and there's and the things that Moses is expressing here after he sees the victory of the Lord is I'm not going to serve under any other and I'm not going to fight under any other there is no other god that I will come into submission to but the true god I will not lay my dependence anywhere else in my battles but on the precious Lord Jesus Christ the one who can win all my battles, Jehovah Nissi, the Lord, the Lord is my banner. I will acknowledge no one else to depend on. There's no one else that I will come into submission to but the Lord. What do we what do we depend on? You know, because I know we know the right answer. I know we know that we are to depend upon the Lord, but, but other things kind of get in the way sometimes. Or, or, or we just let ourselves go and, and if only I had this, things would be right in my life. For, for some, that might be money. Some people think that money is the answer to all their problems. And money can do a lot of good things. Money can be used for God's glory. And those who will trust God, might might have it given to them that they might use it for God's glory. But money's not to be depended on. Money can be here today and it can be gone tomorrow. 
So where it can do a lot of good, we're not to depend on that. Those who don't have it, many who don't have it think if if I just had that, that is the key. That is the ticket. That is my success in life. That is going to make life easier when I get that. And and that's not to be depended on at all. That is nowhere near what our banner should be about and what should be waved it, with some. It's not money with some. It's it's a honey. If I just had a honey, that's that's all I need. Everything would be great if I could just have that. And don't get me wrong. Friendship and marriage. These are wonderful relationships and they are pretty fulfilling in their own way. But they do not take up and take place of our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. In order for a relationship like that to be the best it it possibly could, our relationship with Jesus Christ needs to be number one. That special relationship is going to be found down the will of God and not our own will and not our own way. And, And to put another relationship above our relationship with Jesus Christ, thinking that is what I need, that is going to satisfy me, we will find ourselves sadly disappointed. Do you depend on a money on some money? Do you depend on a honey or or maybe it's many other things? I, I don't know. There's a lot of other things that people just think that is my satisfaction. That is what's going to make me whole. That is what's going to help me when the whole time that's not the banner to be waved. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one who satisfies. He is the one who is victorious for all of our battles. We have battles in life, and I don't think the Lord has meant for you and I to struggle through our battles. I believe He wants to give us a lot of victories. And if we know our Bible, and if we look at our Bible, we understand that we don't deserve them. We don't deserve it. We don't deserve the good things that God will do for us. In the 103rd Psalm, in the 10th verse, it says, He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. So He hasn't given us what we deserve, and He will give us what we don't deserve. Now, Now, who are you and I going to depend on for victories in life, in our battles, if we don't deserve them. Someone or something would have to give us the victory of a loving kindness and a mercy and a grace that we don't deserve for that to happen. We all want victories in life. We all have battles that are trying to sink us. And we don't deserve to be lifted out of them. And that leads us to only the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who loves us so much that he's he's extra good to us and he gives us what we don't deserve. Would you wave that banner of the Lord Jesus? He is the banner. He is the one that gives us our successes in our battle. He is the one that will be in the battle with us. He is a very present help in time of trouble. And He will help. He will fight for us. And He goes ahead of us. And He knows exactly what you and I need. 
Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. I hope you can say that tonight. And I hope that you and I go, go home thinking about this and continuing our focus on him. Man, it feels good just to sit and to say, Lord, you know about this. You've got your battle spinning in your mind. Lord, you know, I know that, you know, the psalmist in many cases, he was just content, not with an answer, not with a change in his circumstance, but just knowing that the Lord knows. The different names of the Lord, they're really they're really interesting, you know. How about if we knew them so well that that's the specific name of the Lord that we called upon in our time of trouble? I'm not saying we have to, but to know his names and what they mean is to get to know him well. And so you can call. There is a name for every reason you want to call upon the Lord. May we know them. But tonight, may we know him as our banner. Would you wave the Lord Jesus in your conflicts and in all that you go through? Would you, would you wave that banner for credit to Him because He loves to receive the glory? He is the one that is due all the glory. And would you have complete confidence in Him? No matter what the circumstance is, no matter what it entails, He's got it covered. He's got this covered. He's got that covered. Can we move our focus and our passion to him? Brother Ray, would you...